Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat in front of every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Worst writer in the world 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 Is a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and he's in hiding because he's been falsely accused of a murder oh no. that he's not going to commit in the future. Maybe. He's been framed for a murder that he's not being going to... Don't <laughs> look too closely at it. <laughs> It's Howard Long! for me. Here I am. Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thank you to all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for giving us money for all the work we do for making this show. And thanks to you for listening. I mean, some of you are the same people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not like the British Comedy Guide and our patrons just don't listen. Mm -hmm. And therefore that third group is completely distinct from the first two. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are only in the third group, then why not go over to patreon.com forward slash man by cow and see what you're missing out on yeah. by being too damn stingy to give us just two dollars a month, which now very much is the price of a two litre bottle of milk. Right. And it didn't used to be about yeah. three months ago, but it is now. Can you really not afford one extra big bottle of milk a month? Yeah. So that, <laughs> so that we so that we can eat cornflakes. I mean, come on, come on. If you had a bottle of milk, right, and someone came to your door and said, would you swap your bottle of milk for about 50 hours of entertainment that you can't get anywhere Gosh. else, that you definitely enjoy because you listen to this show called The Worst Writer in the World, would you be like, yeah, take my fucking milk, it's bad for me anyway? <laughs> or, or would you send them away? <laughs> say, no, this deal is bad. You want my milk? And also, I've got loads. Of, it's not like all the milk I've got. I've got like eight bottles in my fridge. I've oh, got wow. too much milk, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And you're coming to, my, coming to my door saying, I can take one, just one of those bottles of milk off your hands, and in return, I will give you a ridiculous amount of entertainment that will make you happy. Is your happiness not worth the price <laughs> of a bottle of milk? Yeah, and and do take into consideration that we um we do milk a lot on the show, so you're only trading in actual milk for metaphorical milk, aren't you? Yeah, come on, how much milk have we given you? Like, <laughs> come on, for like so much milk, and all we do, all we're asking is you give a little bit of milk back. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so this is part two of our minority. <laughs> Of our minority report retelling. Yeah, even in this, you, we're giving you um, photon milk. She's getting so You're much getting milk. So much, so much photon milk. <laughs> in last week's episode, we mm. discovered that Tom Cruise works for the police yeah. uh, in future crimes, mm -hmm. and they prosecute people for murders they're going to commit because they've got three psychics in a bath which is full of photon milk uh, floating around and seeing the future. <laughs> Unfortunately... Someone seems to have framed Tom Cruise for a murder that he's not going to commit in the future, or he is, or, is he? or they've set it up so he will. <laughs> it's not very clear. And now he's he's gone, right, well, they say I'm going to murder this bloke called Leo Crow, who mm -hmm. I've never met and don't know. What's the best way to avoid murdering him? Yeah. I know what I'll do. 
I'll go and find him <laughs> and ask him if he's done anything that might have upset me. Yeah, and I must remember to take my gun. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got to take my gun with me, yeah, even though I'm not a police officer anymore. Uh, but he's also investigating um, future crimes in general, mm. and he's heard about this thing called minority reports, which is when one of the three psychics disagrees with the other two about what the future's going to be. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm bound to have one of those. I'll go and talk to a strange old lady in a greenhouse. <laughs> So he does. But it's, she's not just a strange old lady. She also invented the system uh, yeah. that pre-crime works on. And so she said, yeah, it's in the girl one. Lucky the that, isn't it? Because then, yeah, yeah. then we don't have to like make their identities clear beforehand. We can just say, the girl one, go and get her. I said, get the boy one called Steve. Like, oh, which one's that? <laughs> no idea. We really haven't set these characters up. They've just, we've basically yeah. just said they're not human. <laughs> yeah. And they're twins as well, aren't they? Anyway, so I mean. Yeah, also, yeah, that's know? a problem. Get one of the identical twins. Which one? The girl one. <laughs> the one with the necklace. How will I know if they're identical? Oh, they're necklace. Okay. Just make sure they haven't recently had a bath yeah. because, you know. You but know they're always like. having a bath. It's, they're always having a bath. It's, what are you supposed to do? So they, mm. oh, they're always swapping necklaces. Mm. All right, so he went to see this woman who said, go and go and get Agatha. And he's like, but Agatha's in pre-crime, surrounded by police. How am I going to do that? Mm. And that's where we left things at the end of the last episode. Mm -hmm. So would you like to get back to the story and find out what happens next, Howard? Yes, please. Part three. Tiresias and the Last Olympian. Mm. Cut to the most disgusting sequence in any movie ever. It starts with a surgeon sneezing and just letting loads of snot fly out of his nose, mm. which he wipes away with his bare hands. And we're meant to think like, Ugh, he shouldn't do that. He's a doctor. But literally no one has ever done that. <laughs> Maybe some particularly unpleasant young children might sneeze and just let it all fly. Yeah, but no adult does that while they're having a conversation with another human. Or in any situation except maybe some disgusting men in the shower, mm. which I only know because I've had I've been in communal showers and I've heard people emptying their nose in the shower. Mm. But even that is disgusting. But no one just does it in the middle of a conversation. That is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say? <laughs> but it's okay because the doctor says the drugs he's going to give Tom Cruise mean it doesn't matter how dirty things are. <laughs> so it's okay that he just snotted all over his hand and clothes and carpet. <laughs> Then a cartoon nurse comes in and sexually assaults Tom Cruise. <laughs> this is the second woman to do that to him in three minutes. Mm. The doctor drugs Tom Cruise, then tells him that they've met before. Mm. Tom Cruise put him in prison for setting fire to his patients. <laughs> wow, well, that's probably going to lead to something. <laughs> Tom Cruise is drugged and under the power of an evil doctor who has a specific grudge against him and a doctor who likes setting fire to his patients. What will happen? Nothing. Nothing happens. The doctor does his job mm -hmm. and it's all fine. Yes. What was the point of all that stuff about knowing him then? Well, it was fucking obvious, isn't it? To prove you're completely incorrect and that prison oh. does work. Because that guy <laughs> went to prison, learned and his lesson and came out and reformed. Now, now, he's ref now he's a criminal. <laughs> all right, so next up, Colin Farrell goes to harass Tom Cruise's wife, Lara, about her dead son and divorce. Mm. So we learn that Tom Cruise was with his son when he disappeared. And we get the feeling that this mystery of the missing son 
is of great significance. We will keep coming back to it throughout mm. the film. Be weird if it just didn't go anywhere and like got forgotten, wouldn't it? <laughs> Meanwhile, the Doctor tells Tom Cruise not to take the bandages off for 12 hours. He says, if you do, you'll go blind. Unequivocally, he just says it with no maybes. <laughs> if Tom Cruise takes those bandages off early, he will go blind for deaths. Mm. Hey, wouldn't it be frustrating if something happened to make him take them off six hours early when only half the recovery time had passed and then he was just fine? That'd be annoying, wouldn't it? <laughs> so the doctor put some milk and a sandwich in the fridge next to a mouldy sandwich and some old milk. <laughs> Still, it'll probably be all right. Nothing else that's set up in this film pays off, so it'll probably just, it'll just be there and then we'll ignore it. Oh no, hang on, this one does. So apparently Tom Cruise has no sense of smell because he picks up a green sandwich, just rams it happily into his gob hole. Mm. But I feel like that sandwich... I mean, I, I I lost my sense of smell, but I feel like that sandwich reeks, right? You pick it up <laughs> and hold it, near, hold it near your face. You're going, oh, no, I don't need eyes to know that this is a disgusting sandwich. <laughs> but... It does. It means that he every couple of weeks he does an eye operation in this same flat and leaves the same sandwich and milk. But the last person did not want it for some reason, mm. didn't drink it, just left it there. But he also, like, he doesn't, he's not interested in cleaning out his fridge. No. I mean, you could, he, he, you don't need fucking precogs to tell you what's going to happen when you put, when you tell a blind man that you've put a fresh sandwich in a fridge next to a mouldy sandwich, <laughs> do you? That's really easy to work that one out. Yeah. Maybe that's his revenge. Maybe that's his revenge yeah. for all the putting him in prison stuff. Yeah, but he could have just not put the fresh sandwich and fresh milk in if he was if that was the plan. <laughs> yeah, it seems like true, it was yeah. an accident, a genuine accident. Yeah, no, it definitely seems like an accident. And yeah. a major kind of uh, coincidence. Uh, oh, oh, no, unless you say, is he always gets them a nice bottle of milk? Because I know that's what I want after I've had my eyes removed. <laughs> sandwich and milk, please. Have you got a sandwich and some milk? <laughs> Maybe it's photon milk. Uh, Maybe it is, yeah, and that's mm. how he gets better, yeah. Mm. So, cut to flashback time. Tom Cruise with his son at a very, very crowded public pool. Mm. Tom Cruise's son challenges him to hold his breath mm. underwater. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And while Tom Cruise is underwater, his son gets kidnapped. Yeah. No one sees anything in this crowded place, and that's it. That is, that is all that happens in this scene. But don't worry, I'm sure we'll find out later who did it. <laughs> Then the pre-crime police release spiders into the building where Tom Cruise is, which are like little mechanical things that just go in your house yeah. and scan your eyes while you're doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. Two children are traumatised, <laughs> like they're absolutely <laughs> terrified, while their mother lies them down on a bed so they can be scanned by metal spiders. Mm -hmm. Two people are interrupted fucking, mm -hmm. two people are having a domestic, a yeah. guy's on the toilet. But fortunately for Tom Cruise... He knows how these spiders work. Mm. They go after warm bodies. So he goes and gets his massive collection of ice. <laughs> yeah, he's got so much. That he always has. That he always has and knows where it is despite being blindfolded. <laughs> he goes and get his ice collection. Yeah. I mean, there's not, much, there's not, there's not enough ice there either to, um, to cool his, his yeah. body down to, like... Not be human anymore, right? He's got a couple. He's got a couple of bags. Got a couple of bags of ice, yeah, and some water. So he puts it in the bath and gets in. And he would have got away with it too if it weren't for the fact that he has to breathe, mm. and the fact that the pre-crime cops noticed that one person disappeared from their scans and were about to break the door down anyway. Mm. It's so stupid because he's doing all this, and they all they know they're going. Oh, someone's disappeared. Yeah. We better go and look in that fucking flat. All that stuff in the bath is pointless. Yeah, one well, no, of it's exciting, isn't it? 
It's exciting because then like the thing he's done leads to them actually almost catching him, but then breathing yeah. is the thing that saves him in the end. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That breathing would save two him. Two mistakes. Yeah. Two mistakes rather than one save him. You, see, you think he would have learned the first time he decided to hold his breath underwater that no good can come of it. Like it's like when he gets in this bath, he's lucky someone doesn't ki- double kidnap his son, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's hoping they'll bring him back. He's like, well, you know how like some, you know, in cartoons when you they hit you, someone hits their head and lose their memory, yeah, and they yeah. hit it again, it comes yeah, back. It comes Maybe it's back. like that with my son. With yeah. my son. <laughs> That'd be funny if like he went back, like when he gets back out, somebody's left a note saying, "I've still got your son." Ah ha 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 ha. Oh, just like this person yeah. comes in any time he's underwater for longer than a minute. He goes, I, I brought your son back, but then I kidnapped him again. <laughs> underwater. Yeah. If only you hadn't stayed Stepped under so long, long, I would have. You yeah. could have got him. But yeah, no good. What we've learned is no good can come of holding your breath. That's uh, that's what no, this, that's what this no. movie teaches. I think it's the moral of the film. Absolutely. But I tell you what, it's lucky that they, they did set up earlier for us that like you know Tom Cruise might be able to hold his breath for a long time you know when he when he didn't do it with his son when he said I'm going to hold my breath for a long time but then he didn't do it because his son got kidnapped after like 10 seconds mm. otherwise I might not have believed in this scene that he can hold his breath in the bath for 10 seconds like he does did you know that Tom Cruise yeah. can hold his breath for over 4 minutes like for, the, real. for real yeah no i didn't know that yeah so why does he do it for such a short time in this film? <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't, he doesn't play parts. He doesn't play characters that can hold their breath very well. <laughs> no, no one's cast him as that yet. He's, he's really hoping that someone will. Just waiting for it. Mm. In the script, it says um, Tom Cruise holds his breath for a really disappointingly short <laughs> length of time. I mean, fucking hell, imagine <laughs> not again. Imagine how many children you've had kidnapped if you held his breath for four minutes. <laughs> If he'd, he'd be down 40 by His that point. His wife would have got pregnant again, <laughs> given birth, another one. Yeah. Oh, no. I've had four while you were under there. Yeah. All right, so then the spiders find him and electrocute him loads until he takes the bandages off, mm. exactly like the doctor told him not to. Six hours early. Only half the time has passed. The doctor said he would for deafs go blind. And the spider shines a bright light directly into his eye. That's going to make it worse. He's going to be blind... In one eye. They set this up very carefully. They repeated it several times. It would be utterly ridiculous if they now just ignored it. Mm. Now, he's fine. His eye is fine. They don't explain how and they just never mention it again. Maybe he is blind in one eye and he needs one. I want to see him falling over a lot. I want to see him falling over a lot if they, if they if that's the case. Yeah. Try, like, trying to grab things and missing. Fair enough. <laughs> what they should have done for the rest of the film is he should have had half a guide dog. <laughs> Yeah, I'd go for that. If he had half a guide dog for the rest of this film, hmm. that'd be good. Yeah, But no, you're right. The thing is, he could be blind in one well, eye yeah, for the rest they of the film. Done. They could have done that quite yeah. easily, and it would make sense. If they'd spent all this time setting it up, and they just go, no, nah, it's fine. And they even show, when he does it, they show the timer so that you know six hours mm. are left. Like They make a massive point of it. And this film is full of things where they take... It's not like, they, it's not like this is an accident. They're taking a lot of effort... To set something up and then just going, no, don't worry, don't bother with the payoff. Just, just, just do the setup. This is like an experiment in how many things can you set up and then ignore. Mm. It's weird. It's true. I mean, like, I would have had him go blind in that eye if I'd written it. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because that's good. And it's not, it's not just that you want it to follow through on the thing you've spent ages setting up, but that that could be a good obstacle for him mm. in the rest of the film. People could keep attacking him from the left. <laughs> he has no mm. idea.
four, an orgy of evidence. Mm. Cut two, Tom Cruise is outside pre-crime about to break in. He paralyses his own face and walks in, looking very much like Tom Cruise with a slightly melty face. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> if you saw that, you'd be like, are you Tom Cruise? Yeah. You look like Tom Cruise, but your face is a bit melty. Yeah, it doesn't work very well, does it? Though? But then he uses his old eyes in a bag to get in. Mm. So thinking about it, Tom Cruise's plan is this. Number one, have your eyes replaced <laughs> so you can go to pre-crime without being scanned. Number two, use your old eyes in a bag to get into pre-crime. <laughs> Fucking genius. Well done for making such sense, movie. <laughs> yeah. But it is basically okay because no one cancelled his access when he became a fugitive or set up an alarm for if he turned up all of a sudden. Hmm. But on the bright side, I'm sure after this event, pre-crime will learn and they'll stop Tom Cruise's eyes from being able to access government facilities. <laughs> and we certainly won't see this happening again because that would be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So at this point, the movie forgets yet again that it's not a screwball comedy. Hmm. <laughs> Tom Cruise gets his own eyes out of a plastic bag, <laughs> drops them and has to chase them down the sloping corridor that he unfortunately happens to be standing at the top of. Yeah. One of his eyes goes down a grill, mm. but he just manages to catch the other in a moment that I suspect was the whole inspiration for Howard Long's movie script, The Last <laughs> Olympian. Brackets, this will make more sense in the future when we release that, unless you're a precog in a bath, in which case maybe you can listen to it now. Mm. Meanwhile, Wally is talking to Agatha, who is comatose, about how his mum wouldn't let him sit in a big chair or something. <laughs> Tom Cruise arrives, then the cops rush in, and Tom Cruise grabs Agatha and flushes himself out of the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, literally, because it turns out at this point, big reveal, they're not in a bath, they're in a toilet. Mm -hmm. Why does why does he flush them? I mean, who put that in? Who's like, oh, we're going to put the precocs in a bath, but make sure you can flush them. <laughs> make sure that this bath has a flush mechanism that also takes you outside the building. <laughs> But I can understand that maybe they want to like get rid of the photon milk and replace it with fresh photon milk, but you wouldn't have a, a, yeah. a hole big enough for a precog and Tom for Cruise two to people, For two through, yeah. people to go down, mm, that yeah. and that also takes you outside yeah. and to safety. Mm. <laughs> Wally says they're a hive mind. It takes all three for their predictive abilities to work. And let's not forget that they said at the start that the precogs only see murder. Nothing else is serious and big enough. It takes all three of them to see the future. Mm. And they only see murder. Mm. So it'd be really stupid if now Agatha starts telling Tom Cruise all kinds of little future details <laughs> to help him escape. So Agatha starts telling Tom Cruise all kinds of little future details to help him escape yeah. because she can see where people are going to be standing a few moments from now and that it's going to start raining. So just a quick rewrite for you. They can only see murder and where some balloons will be. <laughs> and the fact that people are using umbrellas. There's nothing more destructive to the metaphysical fabric yeah. that binds us than the untimely murder of one human being by another. Yeah. And balloons <laughs> and, umbrellas. and umbrellas. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing kind of like uh, at that point about what's predetermined kind of goes up in the air because when they realise, when, when what's it called, when Colin Farrell realises that Tom Cruise is in the building like stealing Agatha, 
He's like, come on, let's go and get out. And they rush the race and try and stop him, try and stop him. But he gets away. And then they goes, we must go after him. And then he goes like, there's no point in going after him because we know that he's going to be in a hotel room in 12 hours murdering someone. So like, well, why did yeah, you just that run out? we can't a- find. Why did you just run <laughs> yeah. after him yourself if you know that's a fact? And then also, why do you then go looking for him in a fucking Sega park? Plus, he just flushed himself. You know where yeah. he is. Just like, you know, you must know where that comes out. And there's probably a grill that stops people just in case you accidentally flush the precox you can go and get them yeah just go and get him from the grill before he manages to unscrew it <laughs> cut to tom cruise goes to a vr club where people go to live out their sexual fantasies in booths where other people can watch them <laughs> The guy who runs it is called Rufus and is immediately sexist and incestuous, so that's nice. Tom Cruise gets him to hack into Agatha's head, which actually means record her visions. Tom Cruise is looking for his minority report, Agatha's vision that says he won't kill Leo Crow, but hers is the same. She sees him kill Leo Crow as well, even though that's not what's going to happen. Mm. Then she shows him Anne Lively's death again, and we understand that this matters. Tom Cruise and Agatha run away from pre-crime, with Agatha telling lots of things that are about to happen, and some things that are just happening elsewhere. Like she stops some woman and says, don't go home, he's going to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> she just knows everything. She's Doctor Who in the movie now. She's just become Doctor Who in the Doctor Who movie. Answer question three on your test tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, thanks, Agatha. <laughs> when they get outside, Tom Cruise puts up the umbrella that Agatha told him to steal and the pre-crime cops, who are foolishly all up on a gantry, can't identify them. <laughs> There's just no way to spot two people under an umbrella yeah. under all these single people yeah. under umbrellas. We just have to give up immediately. And they show a shot of it as well, where you can see all the people with umbrellas. It's only covering their heads. Mm. If you could see, what look, that umbrella's got two people under it. That's them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to see their heads. It's the easiest thing in the world. Well, I mean, you know, the bit with the balloons is absurd as well, isn't it? Because um, <laughs> yeah. they're all running, like... Along the yeah. sides where they can, if they looked, they would see Tom Cruise. Um, they, yes, they, they wait just don't look around at that point. They will wait until they get to one specific point. Like, you know, why don't we yeah. all go and to this one space? stand close enough yeah. together. Yeah. Make sure they stand close enough together so there's no like wider perspective yeah. on it and they can't see round the balloons. <laughs> yeah. No, they make, they make a real point of not looking to their right when they're running along, mm. don't they? Because, yeah, they would see him then. All right, so Tom Cruise finds the hotel where he's going to kill Leo Crow. So he goes in and asks for Leo Crow and then goes up to his room. (laughs) He's really, really trying to avoid this murder. So he goes up to Leo Crow's room and finds pictures of kids all over the bed, just laid out on the bed in a totally normal fashion. Then he finds a picture of his own kid, like under another picture, really. Like the way he zeroes in on that picture (laughs) suggests Tom Cruise has some psychic powers too. Damn it, this guy must have kidnapped Tom Cruise's kid and literally hundreds of other kids and then checked into this hotel with pictures of all those kids (laughs) and spread them out on the bed for some reason. (laughs) So it looks like Tom Cruise is going to kill Leo Crow after all. Leo arrives, Tom Cruise attacks him and demands information. Leo admits everything, but then, surprise, Tom Cruise doesn't kill him. (laughs) He arrests him instead. And when Leo realises that Tom Cruise isn't going to kill him, 
he admits that someone paid him to pretend he killed Tom Cruise's son. Someone is setting Tom Cruise up, framing him for future murder. Then Leo grabs the gun and basically commits suicide. Mm. But it happens exactly as in the vision. They say the same things. This isn't a different eventuality. This is what the precogs saw. They saw this guy commit suicide and it just looked like Tom Cruise did it. So let's remind ourselves one more time. They specify that the precogs only see murder mm. because there's nothing more destructive to the metaphysical fabric that binds us than the untimely murder of one human being by another. The film went out of its way to specify that the precogs don't see suicide. Then they see a suicide like 10 minutes later. They even they say the word suicide, that they don't see that. Yeah. Do they, do they say that? Do they say that? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Colin Farrell says um, rape, assault, suicide. Those are the three things he asks if they can see. And they're like, no, they can't see those three specific things because only murder is bad enough. That's a shame because, like, I mean, I think Americans often do consider like um, suicide to be murder. Um, and it would be would be hilarious if pre-crime just kept dropping into teenagers' rooms and like, you know... Taking them put in prison. Taking their taking their, <laughs> their stencil knives away and putting them in mind prison forever. That would be highly um satirical. I mean oh, wow. you you were gonna kill yourself. Yeah, I'm really, really unhappy. You're going to prison. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Cut to later. Colin Farrell is at the crime scene and immediately notices how fucking stupid all the pictures <laughs> on the bed are. Yeah, yeah, because he knows. Unfortunately, Colin Farrell is not smart enough to know who did it because next up he goes straight to <laughs> tell Lamar that he's worked out that Anne Lively was murdered in a clever way by someone in pre-crime. Mm. Someone saw the vision, then recreated the murder in exactly the same manner so that it would look like an echo. Who could it be? Colin Farrell's big genius brain works out every detail perfectly except the fact that he's telling all this to the murderer while alone in a house with him. Lamar shoots Colin Farrell, and that's the end of that. Colin Farrell kisses his necklace as he dies because fucking yo-yo villain. <laughs> Part 5. Mind Prison Tom Cruise goes to see his wife, and as he arrives, she calls Lamar the murderer to tell him. Tom Cruise finally realises that it's all about Anne Lively. Mm. While Tom Cruise is talking to his wife, Agatha psychically reads the house. <laughs> then she re-traumatises Tom Cruise and his wife by telling them what their son would be doing at various points in his life if he wasn't too dead. <laughs> Shut up, Agatha. Who is this helping? Seriously, what am I supposed to feel during this scene? What am I supposed to feel except, Shut up, Agatha. Stop talking. This is horrible. Yeah, I mean, that is horrible. And they're but, crying. But... They're crying. They're, they're, they're oh, having fucking... a really bad time. I told you, I put this movie on just in the background whilst I was doing yeah. some work and I had it on, like just like reminding myself of all the things. And like this scene came on and I, I cried. I was like, like, this is was, was really? that upsetting. I was like, God, that's really yeah. sad. Um, it is horrible, it is really yeah. traumatizing. Yeah, just like yeah, this imagine, is here's what it, imagine it's that like, was you, you. It's like the end of Bullseye. Here's what you could have won, <laughs> but with here's, your own kid's life. Yeah, here's your it kid like, winning like, winning a running awards at college. Oh no, sorry, you yeah. didn't get it though. And then the way she dials it back at the end as well. After she's done this, all these amazing things he's going to do, but oh, but actually he's a kid and he's dead yeah <laughs> fucking hell mm. agatha like we were already upset mm. anyway it turns out agatha is anne lively's daughter 
Agatha Lively. <laughs> <laughs> then pre-crime turn up. But unfortunately, this time, Agatha doesn't tell Tom Cruise until it's too late because she was too busy re-traumatising him. <laughs> yeah. They put a halo on him and take him to mind prison. Yeah. Agatha goes back to the bath toilet <laughs> <laughs> and Wally acts all creepy around her again. <laughs> Fuck Wally. Wally is the worst person in this film. Yeah. Well, no, no. Wally and that Rufus guy from the <laughs> yeah. VR club. Oh, and Howard Marks from the beginning. Rufus, Howard and Wally. What a bunch of wazzocks. <laughs> So weird jailer guy puts Tom Cruise in the mind prison and says, You're part of my flock now, John. Welcome. It's actually kind of a rush. They say you have visions, that your life flashes before your eyes, that all your dreams come true. Fuck off. This is the first time anyone suggested that mind prison might be nice. Why was Howard Marks begging them not to put a halo on him then? Why did Tom Cruise feel so guilty about haloing innocent people if it's basically paradise? This is an entirely new idea that contradicts everything that's been said or implied before. Fuck you, movie. But quick aside for you, there's a popular theory that everything that happens from this point on is just a dream that Tom Cruise has while he's in prison. Ah. Because the jailer said out of nowhere that all your dreams come true. And after this, after this, everything does kind of go right for Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the main reason people seem to have for believing this theory is they think the ending is stupid and rubbish. (laughs) And they can claim the film is a work of genius if the writers and director did that on purpose. The ending being stupid and rubbish is deliberate and a clue that only clever people can solve. Nice. Or, and this is just my counter theory, Mm. maybe the ending just sucks, Mm. right? Because most endings to movies do. Look on the bright side, if this movie were made now, the last 20 minutes would be a big CGI fight between Tom Cruise and Max von Sydow in a fucking mech suit. Mm, Yeah, yeah, it would. Anyway, back to the plot, or possibly Tom Cruise's halo dream. Mm. Tom Cruise's wife, Lara, goes to see Max von Murderer, who's getting ready for the big pre-crime goes national event. She asks him about Anne Lively, which is basically what got Colin Farrell shot. Lamar promises to look into the case of that woman who got drowned. What did you say her name was? Anne Lively? But I never said... She drowned. Fuck this stupid trope. I understand that we, the audience, need to know that she just worked it out, but people should really stop telling murderers that they caught them out. Mm. Fortunately, Lamar has to go to his event and doesn't have time to murder her, but he promises to murder her later. (laughs) Well, he can't murder her just now because Agatha's back on the scene, so he can't just go around shooting people like he did Colin Farrell. He's got to come up with a a really stupid plan. (laughs) He's got to hire an assassin and lure her in. Yeah, but remember how how quickly he framed (laughs) Tom Cruise? (laughs) He can do that before his event easily. Easily. Good point. So Lara steals Tom Cruise's gun and eyes... Yeah, proof that it's definitely um, a Tom Tom Cruise fever dream because why are those eyes still there? Where does yeah, she get his fucking eye from? Yeah. Like, yeah, she goes and she she uses them to open the vault. She turns up behind um, the, the 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 guardian, and he's like, "How did you get in?" And she shows him the eyes. And yeah, it was the the idea that his eyes would still work. Mm. Is ridiculous, but this is the this is the reason people have a theory because this is stupid rubbish ending. Well, none of the things have been believable so far, so maybe no, maybe but they get less believable as it goes on. Maybe it's they? all um, Howard Marks is his halo dream. <laughs> 
Oh, now that's a theory. All right, so basically nothing from the end of the opening sequence <laughs> is real. It's just him. In fact, yeah, because he wants to see the people who did this to him suffer. So he mm. has a little paradise dream of Tom Cruise having a really bad time and having his eyes cut out. <laughs> and then, and then the boss, the the actual real boss mm. of pre-crime, get like has to shoot himself. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That's what this movie's about. Good, solved it. Cut to the event where Lamar is given a lovely gun. <laughs> Thanks for ending murder. Have a murder weapon. <laughs> Have a murder. Yes. <laughs> Then there's a phone call to Lamar, and it's Tom Cruise. He's here to narrate the ending. <laughs> yeah, actually, second thoughts, maybe I would prefer a big CGI fight rather than a conversation held in some corridors. Tom Cruise explains to Lamar a lot of stuff that Lamar should already know. Mm. How he killed Anne Lively by making it look like an echo. Meanwhile, Agatha projects the video of him doing it so all the guests can see. Mm. If only she could have done that earlier. We could have saved a lot of trouble. Yeah, especially the scene with his face in. Yeah, she, That's I, quite I feel like she could scene. have done that at any point. Yeah. yeah. If she's capable of doing that, just do it, Agatha. Yeah. Well, if I was a guest at that at that event and that video came on, I wouldn't then start going, ooh, ooh suspicious, suspicious. This must mean that um, Max von Zido is a murderer. I just think it was a bit of fun, yeah. a bit of, of a joke. Absolutely. I certainly wouldn't, a bit of messing I around, certainly wouldn't pass out like somebody did. <laughs> yeah. so yeah if um, if she could have projected this video of of him doing the murder earlier we could have saved a lot of trouble or maybe if pre-crime didn't just arrest people and leave the fucking victim there by the river (laughs) oh hi you were just about to get murdered you were right on the verge of getting murdered but i'm sure you're fine now bye milk (laughs) photon milk photon milk photon milk More proof that it's the implementation of this system and its obsession with prison as the answer to everything that's the problem. Then the precogs predict that Lamar will murder Tom Cruise in a few minutes' time. Mm. But we know that pre-crime exists to stop things like that. So they'll probably arrive before he does it. Yeah. Otherwise, the whole film is bollocks. Yeah, and also the precogs will probably like have that premonition like 12 hours ago and not <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah not just now yeah, yeah absolutely because this is yeah it seems like they could have had that a bit a bit earlier uh-huh. but then tom cruise proves that the film is bollocks by giving the most bollocks speech that i've heard since wally started banging on about photon milk earlier tom cruise says no doubt the precogs have already seen this you see the dilemma don't you if you don't kill me the precogs were wrong and pre-crime is over mm-hmm. If you do kill me, you go away. But it proves the system works. But he's just guessing. He doesn't know the precogs have seen it. If Lamar isn't going to kill him, they should already know that. Mm. And if he does kill Tom Cruise, that proves that the system doesn't work. (laughs) Because the whole point is a load of police should be rappelling in to stop him before he can. So let me rewrite that speech Mm. for you, Tom Cruise. No doubt... The precogs have already seen whether you're going to kill me or not. So there's no dilemma. If you're not going to kill me, the precogs are probably still peacefully asleep in their bath toilet. (laughs) If you are going to kill me, a load of police are about to turn up and stop you, Mm. making this standoff much less tense and proving absolutely nothing. (laughs) 
Then Lamar shoots himself and the police repel in too late. That's the second suicide that the precogs mistook for murder. <laughs> or maybe they're just wrong a lot. This is a stupid ending, whether it's all in Tom Cruise's head or not. <laughs> So Tom Cruise's voiceover tells us that pre-crime was then disbanded and all those arrested were released and pardoned, although the police kept watch on many of them for years to come. Hmm. Oh, almost like that was something you could have done all along, you <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which ones? The ones that like just committed, almost committed a crime of passion. We're going to watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, they might do that again. Yeah, well, well, their I wife mean, might cheat on them again. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is true. If they're, if they're the kind of person who gets upset and murders someone, true, then yeah. you, maybe you should keep an eye on them. Actually, yeah, this is, this is like a positive use of pre-crime. Anyway, they let the precogs go. They let them live on an island with some books. So that's nice. And they let them do that because pre-crime didn't work out because of what Lamar did. Not because keeping them in an induced vegetative state and traumatising them with constant murder mm. was immoral. No, that was fucking fine. No question about that. Mm. The end. I wouldn't give I mean, I wouldn't give them up. I mean, yeah, sure, pre-crime didn't work out. We've still got three people who can predict the future. Let's put them to use. Don't give them a house and a load of books. Come on, let's go and win the pools. <laughs> Well, we don't know that they didn't do that first. I mean, you don't need to keep them in a bath for 10 years to win the pool. <laughs> just, just like, before you go to your house on an island, could you tell me the lottery numbers for tomorrow? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat to every night But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah woman a no woman a no Was writer in the world Was writer in Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. Ooh. But I'll tell you what, if you don't want to wait for two weeks, yep. all you've got to do is go to patreon.com slash manbycow mm -hmm. and sign up for as little as $2 and immediately get your hands on a load of exclusive audio and video entertainment right now, as well as new stuff potentially every week, depending on what level you sign up to. Fantastic. And remember, the basic membership will cost you as little as a large bottle of milk. Milk. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.